Welcome to this edition of In the Author's Voice. I'm Jeff Williams. Colleen Coble's latest novel, Mermaid Moon, is out in paperback this week. I recently talked with the best-selling author about the book and Sunset Cove. Mermaid Moon is the second book in the um, Sunset Cove series, and it is, it's just out, I think just out on, on paperback. And, and uh, readers will, um, I'm sure, no doubt recognize the uh, cast of characters that are that from um, the uh, Inn at Ocean's Edge that, um, that provide some of the supporting cast for, for Mermaid Moon. And um, I must say it is one twisted tale. Um, what's, in the wa- <laughs> what's in the water in Sunset Cove? This one is, um, it, it's about family and, and family relationships and all the bumps and bruises and warts and things that, 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 that go along with that. And, and it's a central theme, um, I know, in, in a lot of your writing, especially in, in, in this series. And I don't think we're giving too much away by saying that adoption is a central theme in this story. What, what kind of inspired the treatment of, of this book? Well, you know, um, I've always been a little bit intrigued by uh, the the topic of adoption, and I, who of us didn't go through our teenage years and wish we were adopted or wonder if we were adopted? I'm just teasing, but you know what I mean. Um, but so I was always just a little bit intrigued with it. And then my best friend, um, Diane Hunt, she was a fellow author uh, who lost her battle with ovarian cancer three years ago. Um, she uh, had a very interesting story that was a you know, that was kind of the kickoff for the Inner Ocean's Edge. And then I have another friend who was adopted, and. I, w- I got to thinking about what makes up family and how um, w- not very many of us have the picture-perfect family that we used to see on TV, you know, and that there are always challenges in family. And what makes up family? Family isn't always the traditional husband, wife, and children. Sometimes it can be adoption. Sometimes it can be that you have no family you're close to and you make up your own family with friends. And um, there, there are just different ways that, that families are comprised. And I really wanted to explore that a little bit. And, and I've been really interested in um, seeing how some of the people that I know who were adopted, there's that real push and pull of do I look, do I not look. And one of my friends that I was talking to, uh, she had thought about looking for her birth mother and – um, nowadays, I guess they make you go through counseling before they even start opening those books to you. And, and the counselor basically warned her that you don't know when you start down that path what kind of a Pandora's box you're going to open. You may find a family that is great, or you may find a family that's always dunning you up for money. You may find a mother that's in prison. Um, you just don't know. It may be perfectly great, and it may be really horrible. And she ended up choosing not to look. Um, but it was very interesting to me to – you know, explore that a little bit and that and that conflict that adopted um, people feel. Uh, for one thing, you know, they, they know their parent gave them away, their mother gave them away. And so there's a deep sense of abandonment sometimes that can come along with that. So it's just very, you know, it's just an interesting topic that I wanted to explore a little bit. As a writer, is there an, uh, an inherent vulnerability associated with adoption that makes for a good protagonist like you have in, in, in Mallory in this book? Yes, I think so. Um, because you are, um, an adopted kid is vulnerable in a couple of different ways. Number one, um, they are never sure, I think, unless they have really great parents. I, I, I think you'd have 
I mean, I'm not adopted, so I, you know, I'm just surmising. But I, the ones that I've talked to, you, you're not really sure sometimes if um, you're as loved as if you had been born to them. I mean, they assure you you are, and most of the times you feel it. But as you're a kid, especially um, when we're growing up, you know, you always have those issues with parents and even when they're your real ones, <laughs> you know, there, there are usually always some sort of issues when all those hormones are raging in their teen years. And, um, and then you wonder if what was wrong with you that your mother gave you up for adoption. So, you know, you have that, that vulnerability of, of tender feelings and being able to be hurt in two different directions, really. As you mentioned, Mallory is the, is a main character in, in Mermaid Moon, Moon can't say that for some reason. Mermaid Moon. Um, with, without giving too much of the sto- story away, give us a little overview of what uh, of the latest uh, installment in the Sunset Cove series. Sure. Um, Mallory is a single mom. Her, she lost her husband, and she's raising a 14-year-old daughter by herself. And as single moms worldwide seem to, you know, encounter, you know, she's really got a lot of money issues and try, just trying to keep their head above water. And she's a uh, jewelry designer, and she just made a sale to... Um, sell some of her pieces um, to a jewelry store in Maine that is going to really is going to let her pay the mortgage and that kind of stuff. And she gets a phone call from her father, and it's clear he's gasping for breath and sounds like he's dying. And um, he tells her to find her mother. Well, her mother died 15 years ago, and she's never really dealt with the uh, with her adoption and never really even thinks about being adopted. It's something that she's pushed away. And even then, she doesn't, even when he's, when he's saying that, she doesn't really, her mind doesn't jump to that. Her mind jumps, well, mom's gone. She's been gone for 15 years. Um, but she, uh, you know, immediately um, calls Kevin, who, whom she was engaged to, um, 15 years prior, and he's a game warden, and she asks him to check on her dad, and she immediately starts, you know, for Folly Shoals. Um, and through the course of the novel, uh, she comes to find out that everything that's happened it hinges on what happened 15 years ago and even further back to when she was adopted. And so there's, you know, all, she's definitely dealing with those issues, but there's also the issues of uh, greed and um, finding family. And, you know, there's a lot of different layers in the story. Well, I, I know you love a good mystery, and uh, if I'm keeping track correctly here, there are a couple of murders and arson, a kidnapping, a few assaults to keep, <laughs> to keep things interesting. I, I, I think of the analogy, what is the analogy, ducks on a pond, everything kind of looks serene and calm on the surface. But yeah, underneath. you just don't know what's going on under the surface, yeah, right? <laughs> what, what is it about that particular mix that you find so appealing? Uh, you know, I think that each one is more powerful when it's juxtapositioned against something in such sharp contrast. And so I really love to pick seemingly serene, peaceful, small town settings that you really don't know what's you know, everything looks great, but 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 the thing is, is that even in a small town and in serene settings, bad things happen. And um, I love characters that are uh, when they're in a more remote, calm, serene sort of setting, they they're forced to rely on themselves and they have to figure things out and rise to um, strengths that they didn't know they had. Um, so, you know, I I love to watch that happen. Once again, you're you're back on the on the shores of of Maine. What is it about that particular part of the country that, from a writing from a novel's perspective, that is intriguing? You know, you know, it is so like stepping back in time. It is rugged and beautiful, and it's not very heavily populated. And the people are wonderful. They're just so self sufficient and strong, and um, it, it just calls to be. You know, it, it there. 
the, I love the look of it, and I love the feel of it. I love the, especially love the lobster of it. <laughs> so uh, it's just a really beautiful area. I thought there was something else I thought that was interesting. You've introduced uh, uh, forensic artist Gwen Marcy into the storyline, and listeners yeah. who are familiar with Carrie Stewart Parks will recognize the character. Is that something new that Good. you started I'm doing? So glad. love her work. I just love her work. She, um, and we've recently become friends, you know, in the last year and a half or so. And, uh, I just thought it would be fun to introduce my readers to Gwen Marcy, who is a forensic artist and Carrie herself as a forensic artist. So, um, it was really fun to do that. And I actually, you know, I had, I had Gwen in the Ocean's Edge and I, um, or I mean in, in this book and I brought her back in, um, the book I just finished, um, Blueberry, um, Twilight at Blueberry Barrens. So I'm I'm hoping readers will pick up uh, Carrie Parks' books because they are really stellar. I think I've probably asked you this before, but how far is too far in terms of the of the murder and mayhem that you weave into your books? Do readers let you know if you've crossed a line or, or where? Um, you know, I I'm really careful not to cross a line, and so far I have no have had no readers complain because uh, to me the violence can be just as pornographic, really, as explicit sex. Um, you don't need to cross that line for readers to understand what happened. I don't need to go into the blood and the gore. I don't have to have guts spilling out of open cavities and blood pumping out its last <laughs> its last bit of red. You know what I mean? Um, you don't have to go there. Readers get it. We, you know, when we're reading, we form these pictures in our head, and when somebody's died or whatever, we don't have to see the gory details. To me, the most interesting part of things like this is what it, it are the steps that lead someone to, to do that, and then the, the resilience of the characters as they come to gra- grapple with what's happened and, and are determined to find out and bring justice to the story. Um, you know, I have, I have a real thing about justice I love. You know, that's just one of my things. And uh, it, 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 sometimes people do ask me, well, why do you write about murder and mayhem, you know, even though it's not graphic, you know, I just do still have it in there. And and part of it is is that I think that we are all human and we're all curious about what causes someone to, to go to that that far extreme. And one thing that I've come to realize the more I've studied it, the more I've you know, read stories myself, uh, true stories, is that it's usually small steps. You know, you it's one small lie leads to another and then to cover up that lie, how far do you have to be willing to go? Um, because it's going to totally wreck your own life and how far will your selfishness take you and your defensiveness and your desire for your own um, way. And so it's interesting to me to just see what it is that makes people tick and makes them go to that that extreme. Um, so anyway, I probably told you more than you really wanted to know. But <laughs> You'd mentioned uh, Twilight at, at Blueberry Barrens. That's uh, coming up this fall? Yes, What's it that? is, October. Yes. Mm-hmm. And we go back to um, Kate, who was in, the, in at Ocean's Edge, and... Um, uh, we finished up her story, but we also finished up Claire and Mallory's story in it. So we've got, you know, this, some of the same characters, and um, I'm still in Claire's point of view some. So, you know, you get to see the full spectrum of the of all the stories that you came to love in the beginning. Yeah. I, I've got to ask. I, I asked Steve Barry this on his Cotton Malone series. Is this Cotton kind of take over your life? And he said, well, you know, after a while, yes. Do these characters really, could become part of, of, of your life? They do. They really do. Um, they they become like friends, and it's always sad when you end a 
especially a series, when you end a whole series where you've spent several years with these characters and then you have to let them go. And sometimes you can't let them go. And uh, for me, um, I hear from readers every single day about wanting more Rock Harbor novels. Um, you know, that was my series set in uh, Michigan's Upper Peninsula, and it featured Bree and her search and rescue dog, Samson. And readers just love that series. It was supposed to be three books. It ended up being five plus a novella, and I'm just getting ready to start a new one. That's Colleen Coble. Her latest novel, Mermaid Moon, is out in paperback this week. In the Author's Voice is a listener-supported service of WSIU and Southern Illinois University. I'm Jeff Williams.